Welcome to this episode of It's Not That Deep. And today we're going to be talking about why do we feel the need to be busy all the time. This is something that really resonates with me, uh, that sense of guilt if I'm not doing something. So, Lucy, what do you what do you think is going on here? Yeah, I think guilt is definitely, definitely one of the driving factors, isn't it? And just taking it back a little bit, what I've noticed, I think, that's so prevalent now, and it's probably been increasing over the last 20-odd years, maybe more, it's just my age that I've noticed it more, um, is how being busy seems to be some badge of honour. It's so glorified that if we're not busy, somehow we're not an effective human being. That if we're not busy, if we're just allowing ourselves lots of downtime, then somehow, you know, we're not quite as effective as all those people rushing around from here to there and working for 17 charities and collecting, you know, this for the for the homeless and that for the this and doing all of the things and running the household and their own job and and and. And you know what? Like it's I'm not saying we shouldn't help people of, of course. But is that okay for us? Like, at what point are we helping everyone else and doing all the things for everyone else and running our um, household, perhaps our business or being involved in a job? At what point does that actually adversely affect us at some time? I think that's a really interesting point. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking, oh, goodness, we've, 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 given a moral weighting to it right so now it's this that so now now it's morally advantageous morally good to be busy um and then and therefore if you're not being busy you're being what you're not a good person or something and you're being lazy that it that it feels like a willful choice that's self-indulgent or something yeah, not not doing is not laziness. You no. know, it's necessity. And I think that's probably one of the key things people listening to this today need to understand that we need downtime. And we're going to talk about the effects that it has on us just rushing around in a moment, aren't we? But going back to your point about guilt, that I, when I was thinking about this topic and, and, and we were deciding to do this as a, as a podcast there were three key things that stood out for us, weren't there? So yeah. guilt being one of them, because um, it, it does feel like that. If I'm sat and I know there's a list of tasks that ought to be done, should be done. Oh, yeah, yeah. there we go, my favourite words. <laughs> um, then that feeling of I'm a bad person because I'm not yeah. doing the things can arise. Um, yeah. And that comes very much from the way in which we're conditioned often. And I know we have male listeners as well, but it does seem to be quite a female problem to have that label as as the kind of household doer. Um, But obviously the world has changed that we're also doing the jobs, like having having real life jobs as well as the household jobs. But somehow there is a sense that the the other stuff should fall to us. There's maybe a story we tell ourselves, Mm. but from the conditioning we had as children, perhaps because our mothers were more traditional and they ran the household or something. But there's definitely an element of that, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I definitely resonate with that idea that it's, for me, a lot of it is conditioning. You know, my my mother very much looks after my father and there and that 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 model of uh of of the way you are in a relationship 
definitely comes through. And you're right that that the list of things that could be done is never ending. Right? There's always something, you know, there's always a load of washing that needs to go on or socks that need pairing or something needs cleaning. Sitting here, the sun is pouring through, the autumn sun is pouring through the windows thinking, oh my goodness, the windows need cleaning. <laughs> there's always a cupboard of shame or a drawer oh, yeah. of hell or something that could be sorted. I mean, it would... It is a fourth bridge type scenario that we can always find stuff to do. Yeah, and and the idea that until that's until that is all done, I'm not allowed to sit down. And that, oh. you know, when you think about it, even for a moment, it's that's clearly ridiculous. Oh, it's so overwhelming, isn't I it? I know. And if back to that, we were talking about inbox zero. Were we talking about that recently? That actually, the more you know, this mm. time management thing, the more you kind of aim to get to zero emails the more emails you're going to get responded to because you've sent more, because you've responded, you know. So actually, it is a never-ending thing. And that in itself is overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it it is. And I think, you know, I was thinking the other day, talking to to my beloved about this after some help with some technical stuff, not my strong point, but slightly better than him. And, And I said to him, I will do what I can. And then I suddenly thought, oh, I think we probably have a different understanding of what I mean by that. Yeah. I don't mean I will... You can Everything ha- you, in my world that's absolutely. possible. Absolutely. You can have all of my time. I mean, you can have, you can have what I'm capable of giving yeah. in these moments, which needs to be okay, right? Yeah. Oh, we're talking boundaries here, aren't Absolutely. We? And I think we conflate those things all the time. You know that that I will I will do what I can, and then that means every waking hour. Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting, and and it, that really does go into the sort of roles that we play and the role we think we ought to play, and very much around the conditioning piece. And what about? I mean, I know we've discussed this before in a previous podcast. What about um, busyness being an avoidance strategy? Mm. Yeah, it I, is, isn't oh, it? Oh, massively, massively, and and uh, yeah, and I would like to to refer our listener to uh, to the previous episode on on avoidance, um, because it is a way of, but staying busy is a way of not having to address whatever the, is going on yeah, for the us. Difficult, the, the, discom- yeah, the, the discomfort, the discomfort, or 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 you know whatever it is that 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 we're we're trying not to think about. You know, you're right. It's it's always a discomfort of some sort, isn't it? Yeah, and and the best way the best way to try and avoid that to push it away is to stay busy, and we know that doesn't work. Yeah, in I mean, the end, it does. It Brit- does temporarily, and it feels like it does at the time, doesn't it? But it, the thing that we're avoiding doesn't go away just no. by us putting our attention somewhere else. No, and it and in a sense, it feeds it, and it so it lurks there and kind of jumps out and grabs us when we're not expecting it. Yeah. So. Um, I think I think you're right. I think I think that uh, that avoidance is definitely part of this as well. Yeah, you're right as well about that kind of feeding and, and prolonging it, because particularly if it's something that we're avoiding, um, that's kind of emotionally based. If it's something around anxiety or fear or something, then the brain. It's trying to tell us something, right? And if we're ignoring it, the brain's going to ramp that up. We've yeah. talked about this in that podcast. We do need to refer. Why do we avoid discomfort? You know, it's a previous episode. Um, but knowing, recognising that we are busying ourselves in order to avoid discomfort 
is the first step, isn't it? We can, that, the noticing. Yes. Gosh, we always come back to awareness. <laughs> but it's the key. It's the key to everything. If we can catch ourselves in these states, why are we so busy? Is it because we feel the need to be the person that people think, wow, they're a really good human, a moral, virtuous person? Is it because we're avoiding being alone with our own self and our discomfort? Is it because that's just the way I've always been and it's a habit and, you know, it is kind of the new acceptable face of addiction, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, I was just, as you were saying that, I was just thinking of all those people who have retired and, and you ask them how retirement's going and it seems to be the only acceptable response to that is, oh, I don't know how I had time to go to work. I'm so busy. I'm yeah. doing all these things, you know. Yeah. Even at that point, and part of part of me, you know, for me, there's a bit of a heart sink in that, thinking, oh, no, even then, what, I won't be able to just sit just on the sofa and yeah, allow myself the permission to not be busy anymore. Surely that's the joy of retirement. But I think there is something perhaps in ourselves is that if I stop, then who am I? Yeah. You know, what 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 am I? Yes. Uh, my job perhaps defined me as the person that I was. I was a, insert job title here, and now I'm just a retired person or something, as if that's not okay. And so we have to kind of redefine that. But, yeah. And I think that goes for all age groups actually you know mm. that 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 idea of being busy as a as a way of defining ourselves you know so otherwise what i'm a part-time something or i have a few clients or i you know that that, yeah. that sense of having to justify uh my time and and therefore my value in the yeah. world and it's often a story we tell ourselves yeah. because I, you've just now made me think this is what i i work on or in my business, more hours than I ever did when I had what I always refer to as a proper job, which is ridiculous in itself, because like I say, I work more hours, um, it's sort of more consuming because it's my business, my baby. Um, But there's still this sense that I, while I'm at home, working from home, it's still the responsible one for putting on the washing and doing the things and whatever. Now, that's not because my other half puts that on me, but he works from home, but he's got very clear, defined boundaries. He takes an hour lunch break. He doesn't put on the washing and the things and fill his lunch break with all of the other tasks because he knows he would burn out because he works really, really hard within those hours that he does. But he starts at that point, he takes his clearly defined lunch break most of the time, and he ends at that point and shuts the door to his work because he works for a company. And I... I feel like I, I can let myself not stop. It all blurs into one day. And then I sit down at nine o'clock and think, oh, you know. Yeah. So we're all guilty of it, aren't we? We are, we are. And I think you're back, we're back at least in part to conditioning there, aren't yeah. we? That, 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 um, that, that as, a, as a woman, maybe, as a person running the house, yeah. which is, it often falls on the woman, I guess, you know, that... that 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 we blur those things you know that and and how you know how brilliant that that he has he's so clearly defined boundaries but he says it's the only way he can do it otherwise he would be 
like we all are, you know, he would have this dilemma, which he doesn't have, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so physiologically then, if we are running around all day long, because for a certain period of time, we can do that, right? We're good at being in what we refer to as the drive system, the doing mode, constantly. Um, we can do that for a certain length of time, but at some point, we can't. Yeah. If we haven't given ourselves enough downtime. What's going on there in the body? So it's our old friends, adrenaline and cortisol, really, um, powering around our system. So not at the levels that we would need for threat, yeah. but, but, at a, but at a level that kind of gets us going. And of course, it's helpful. At we least wouldn't get out of bed in the morning without something. Exactly. Right. We wouldn't start something, you know, there wouldn't be that sort of that push to answer that email that we don't really want to look at or make that phone call again, you know. So so it's so it's useful. Mm. But like all of these systems in the body, it doesn't know when it's being useful and when it's not. So so we kind of feed it by keeping on doing things and falling back on this on whatever our strategies, whether it's avoidance or guilt or conditioning, mm-hmm. right? Those level, what those do is trigger the low level adrenaline and cortisol to keep us kind of yeah. going. On, on alert. I yeah, suppose, absolutely. And we all, doing. We, you know, we've talked before about that sense of just not being able to and then making ourselves get going and then we can do our day and we go oh it's not that so I'm not that I'm not that tired I'm I'm, here I am doing but actually that energy is coming from the adrenaline and the cortisol and and it doesn't mean that we're not shattered it doesn't mean that we don't need to stop no but we've just kind of dug deep and got it from somewhere yeah. but at some point that leads to burnout doesn't it yeah yeah and i i find myself in that situation sometimes where not burnout but where i've where i've got so tired that instead of getting up at 10 o'clock and going to bed which is what i ought to do mm. i just stay on the sofa it's like paralysis i know of like i can't exhaustion. move now i can't move and i'm scrolling you know twitter or watching the least worst thing I can find on the telly, you know, things that I wouldn't normally do, because I simply can't propel myself up to bed, thereby being even more tired yeah. and needing even, you know, even even more recovery. Yeah, it's, that's really interesting, isn't it? And, and there's something that you said um, just a moment ago, if I can just take you back a little mm. bit. You said about the way we use these systems that we've got and it's just there's something about what it evolved for Mm -hmm. versus how we use it now that's really out of balance isn't it yeah that it enables us to get to that state and I I just I would love to sort of look back um 500 years or something to see what the sort of cases of stress and burnout and you know overwhelm and stuff what that equivalent was. I did actually post a really funny meme in my group today um, about um, people before the internet, you know, living in the moment, and it was a load of kind of medieval soldiers hacking each other and stuff with, like, swords and axes and things, and I thought, actually, that's just brilliant. Um, Threat system at its best. But there was a lot of downtime, and we don't have that. So one of the strategies for me, noticing it, as we mentioned, but also this permission to allow ourselves to stop. In fact, enforced regular 
short periods, doesn't have to be long, of stopping throughout the day to check in, to breathe, to regulate the heart rate, regulate the breathing, allow the parasympathetic nervous system, this opposite of the fight-flight response, to kind of kick in a bit. Because that can be really restorative, can't it? It really can, yeah, yeah. That I remember ages ago being slightly dismissive of the idea that a sort of that a five minute sort of breathing at my desk at work would be could be helpful, restorative in any way. And then I tried it and I oh this is this is lovely actually and and it does mean that I'm then able to to carry on carry on to get up and do and 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 with a sense of renewed energy rather than that sense of kind of pushing yeah exactly that you know uh, during the pandemic um the bangor university where i did my masters the center for mindfulness research and practice put together practices that were at one or two minutes for frontline nhs staff to just pause stop check in breathe and really super beneficial you know the research shows that people found that ever so helpful and it reminds me of a of a of a time last year in 2021 when i just completely overprogrammed myself with loads of different things actually it must have been the maybe it was a couple of years before that irrelevant i know um but i was doing too much and for a mindfulness teacher that's a bit silly do you know what it was it was 2019 because i was doing two shows and I was only in the first kind of year of my business and just everything was chaos. And I totally, it, it's laughable, over-programmed myself. And I knew what was needed. And I went into the front room. I lay on the sofa. It was a lovely day, but a few clouds in the sky. And I lay and I just brought all my attention to just letting myself watch these clouds float by. And my other half walked in and went, what are you doing? And I said, I'm not doing. I am being. <laughs> And, and you know what? That. It's what's needed. Yeah, it is. It and is. I, and, and I was able to get up and go to rehearsal and carry uh, on without effort. And there we go, right? That that's sort of the essence of it. It reminds me of a Peanuts cartoon, which is... You know, <laughs> with Snoopy, is he lying on top yeah. of his cane? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that idea of, of, of being a human being and not a human doing, you know? that And it's, it is really important, yeah. <laughs> I love your story, I love it. I love that, that's great. Oh, so, yeah, thank you. I, I, I just, I'm proud of myself <laughs> yeah. that I'd actually kind of made that observation because sometimes it might be a story we tell ourselves, but what are you doing can be quite a loaded question, can't and it? I, I respond really badly to that question, so my other half um, will will ask that. And I I suspect he's just asking and there is nothing behind yeah, it. Yeah, it's just like friendly interest. However... When he says, oh, what are you doing today? What I hear is, you know, you don't really do much. You know, you, you might have a couple of clients, but, but that's, not, that's not real work. And what else are you going to do? And I'm sure he'd be horrified if he thought that's what I'm, I thought he meant. And I have to work really hard at not being triggered by it and not to snap back, not to, you know, yeah. react. But catching it as another story we tell yeah. ourselves. So how can people you know if you find yourselves we all do it charging ahead days and days of busyness what might be helpful so short 
check-ins throughout the day for me is a kind of t- number one tip. Yeah. Catching myself, noticing my shoulders around my ears, jaws tense or whatever, or running. Do I need to put the washing on at this pace? Could I do the things but just pull my speed at which I'm doing it down a bit, you know? Can I just do it with more steadiness? Yeah, so just recognising that it's here, I think that's so important. And, and, I, and I think, you know, there is something about being realistic, isn't there, about actually what is what is within our capacity for a day, you know? So what that, would happen if those things didn't yeah, get done? Yeah. What's the, what, you know, and often it's not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big a deal if the washing goes on tomorrow morning or tonight. No, no, absolutely. I think that's that's really important. And, and I think... There is also something about kind of recognising when the body needs to stop. You know, there are there are lots of signs that we need to stop. Um, we we feel it in ourselves, and and learning to recognise that and honouring it, mm. I think, is really important. Giving ourselves permission. Permission for me is so key. It's key to putting our boundaries in place properly, which we alluded to earlier. I'm a bit jealous of my other half having that kind of... It's because he works for a company that whose defined hours are. But actually, maybe we should define what we do, how long we do it for, when our breaks are. Yeah. You know, those that have worked with me will know when we talk about short practices, I say things like, set an alarm three times a day to stop, you know. In, in Plum Village, where Thich Nhat Hanh you know, the, the, the retreat centre that he's set up, they ring a bell like once an hour and everyone in the whole place has to just stop and and take a moment. And re- even if they've got a little Buddhist orchestra going on or something in the video uh, or in the film, Walk With Me, and even they stop mid-playing, mid everyone pauses. I love that. It's amazing. Like a game of statues. It is. And then everyone begins again. Oh, I... I absolutely love that. And, you know, you suddenly reminded me that when, when I, we were having the building work um, the, the done here, um, one of the things that, that I found, so this is where my guilt kicked in, right? So on a day where I was seeing clients from, I don't know, let's say midday to nine o'clock at night. So my evening is in the morning. But I would feel too guilty to like watch an episode of something that I would have watched in the evening if I wasn't seeing clients because there because were other people the in, uh, and there oh, were other oh. people in the house and how they might judge me. It's like what you really think that the, the decorator is going to notice that there's a theme tune playing <laughs> on the telly. <laughs> but, it's really but, interesting, yeah, though, isn't it? Yeah, and so there I am. On the one hand, setting lovely boundaries, you know, so right, client work doesn't start till midday, therefore the morning is a time for relaxation and yeah. recharging. And, and and then completely scuppering it as soon as as soon as I think that I might be overheard. So the, that guilt mechanism yeah. kicking in really strongly. Yeah. I might be judged. I might be judged. How ridiculous yeah. is that? Again, it's catching those stories. <laughs> Laughing about it is probably key when we catch that little voice in our head that says, Ooh. Can we question it? Is it true? And can we laugh at it? Oh, brilliant. I think I think that's a good place to leave it, isn't it? Uh, yes, I think so. Oh, yeah. I love that. Thanks, Adrian. Thank you. You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Adrienne Kirk and Lucy Woods. If you've enjoyed listening, then why not subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes? Mm-hmm.